0: The executor is the person that you're going to put in place to get shit done, right? When I actually wrote my first book, Double Double, the working title was how to get more shit done with less people faster. That's the executor, right? The person who you just want to come in and take all your ideas and you transfer the information to them and they can get it done for you. That's a core role for many in hiring a second command.
1: Welcome to the Second in Command podcast, produced by the COO Alliance and brought to you by its founder, Cameron Harold. In the Second in Command podcast, we talk to top COOs who share the insights, strategies, and tactics that made them the chief behind the chief. And now, here's your host, Cameron Harold. In this episode, we'll uncover the diverse roles that a COO assumes within an organization. Beyond being the executor of the CEO's vision, they also serve as a mentor, a trusted partner, and even a potential heir apparent in more established businesses. We'll explore the depth of these roles and understand why the CEO often places their utmost trust in the COO. One key concept we'll explore is that of a change agent. A successful COO not only brings operational expertise to the table, but also possesses the ability to drive and implement transformative change within the organization we'll unravel the qualities and strategies that make a COO an effective change agent, propelling the company forward in the face of evolving business landscapes. Additionally, we'll delve into the intriguing concept of the two-in-a-box business model. This model emphasizes the dynamic collaboration and seamless partnership between the CEO and COO, working hand-in-hand to drive the organization's success. We'll discuss the advantages, challenges, and strategies for establishing this powerful duo fueling innovation and growth.
0: Um, I've also played the role of the COO three times. So not only building 1-800-GOT-JUNK, but I was also the second in command for Gerber Auto Collision. Anyone here ever heard of Gerber? So we took, Gerber's now a $900 million company. We did that acquisition. We started the company with seven locations. When I left, we had about 80 took the company public and then did the acquisitions in the US. So that was my first CEO role, or second, my first one was with College Pro Painters. Anyone never heard of College Pro Painters? College Pro is the largest residential house painting company on the planet. So I was also the CEO there. So I really understand this whole role that I'm talking to you about. To really nail it, it has to be that yin and yang experience, okay? It really has to be that pure balance with the CEO. And it's almost like a love relationship where you just have to get all the components right or it just won't work. Um, First off, though, before you go and hire a COO or a second-in-command, if you don't have an assistant, you are one. And I want to save you 250 grand. Go hire an executive assistant first and then hire your COO second. I think we often go to the wrong person. We're trying to free up our time and we hire a second-in-command. We could actually free up a lot of our time by getting a really good EA in place first. So around 15 years ago, Harvard wrote an article, and it was called the misunderstood role of the COO. And in their research, they realized that unlike a chief financial officer that really runs finance or a chief marketing officer that runs marketing, the COO was kind of this anomaly. And they identified seven distinct types of chief operating officers. So I think about the COO this way. They could be very outward facing and be all around marketing or PR and sales, They could be very inward-facing around operations and execution and engineering. They could be very engineering and process-focused. They could be very IT-centric. So what is the balance? Well, the balance is they're great at whatever you suck at. And that's the core difference with the COO function versus all the other second-in-command functions. The second-in-command is the person who you can trust implicitly who is really, really strong at the stuff that you suck at. So at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, I ran everything except IT and finance. I didn't understand IT, I didn't like finance, I have a form of dyslexia where I flip all of my numbers around so I get really frustrated with looking at numbers, but everything related to operations, execution, culture, PR, marketing, sales, branding, that's stuff that I'm actually world-class in. On the area of people, recruiting, interviewing, selection, onboarding, and training, I'm probably amongst the best in the world, without exaggeration. Kimball Musk worked for me, Elon's brother, in 1993, as did his cousin who built Solar City. I was a reference for Elon in 1995 for his first round of funding for Zip2 because we actually understood how to build companies. They backed Kimball and Elon Musk based on Kimball's college pro painters experience because they didn't understand Elon's vision, which seems crazy now, but at the time he was just the statistics savant. What operations was what I was good at? Brian wasn't good at operations, he was my best friend. We were actually best friends for three to four years before I joined him as a COO. So you're actually looking for that piece. So when Harvard did the research and they came up with these seven core roles, the first one they came up with was they called the executor. The executor is the person that you're gonna put in place to get shit done. right? When I actually wrote my first book, Double Double, the working title was how to get more shit done with less people faster, that's the executor. Right, The person who you just want to come in and take all your ideas, and you transfer the information to them, and they can get it done for you. That's a core role for many in hiring a second command. The second one that they came up with was the change agent. Right, That could be done in a a takeover strategy, or when you're having to completely pivot your company, or when you just realize that stuff just needs to be done differently, and the team isn't going to listen to you. It's almost like as teenagers, right? Chris, when you and I were growing up, I probably would have thought your parents were amazing. You probably would have thought my parents were amazing. I was never going to listen to my dad. You probably weren't going to listen to your dad. So if your dad had come in to teach me, I might have learned something. That would be a change agent kind of role, okay? So that can be a role that you're looking for to play in your company or in your organization is that change agent role. You may have the mentor kind of role come into your organization as COO. This is probably the role that I played at 1-800-GOT-JUNK. The reason is I'd already grown two franchise companies. I had very high trust, but I also had all the skills to do the stuff that they had no idea what to do. In fact, I really went in the first couple weeks to coach their head of operations, Jesse. And at the end of the first day, Jesse walked into Brian, the CEO's office, and he said, I can't do anything Cameron is trying to teach me. I'll never be able to learn what he does. We just need to bring him on board. That was after day one. So that was more of a mentor relationship where I actually knew what we had to do and I could come in and do it and they all called me uncle because I was just you know, a little bit older than everybody else in the company at the time. Then you have the other half was a role that, that Harvard came up with, that other half role, or what do you call the, the two in a box, right? That's when you're actually a very seasoned, solid CEO but you recognize there's some areas that you might not be that strong in you can get someone to play off of you and you don't need a mentor role but you just need someone who's really strong in some areas to then really leverage it up to the next level. That's the other half role. The next one is the partner. The partner could be somebody who just brings some other skill sets to the table that you don't have or who can really free up more of your time as well. Often the entrepreneur, the CEO is just running at 100-hour weeks or 80-hour weeks, and they need someone to give them some of their life back. And that COO partner role can actually help out there as well. This slide here, just I was thinking about this as funny. This is Prince Charles with Queen Elizabeth. And I'm just thinking, like, can you imagine spending your entire life waiting for your mom to die just so you can be king? Wouldn't that be horrible? Like, But you know that's what he's thinking, right? But the heir apparent. The heir apparent is a role that often as a mature company is growing where you realize that to keep that strong person, you have to move them into a COO role. Right, Or you recognize that you're going to be leaving as CEO at some point and you're trying to groom that person so you appoint them or you name them as the second in command so that you can exit or move into a chairman role. So I'm coaching the current number two company to work for on Glassdoor and the current number 12 company to work for on Glassdoor. I've been coaching them for years since before anyone had heard of them. The current number two is called Elite SEM. They're a big digital marketing agency. I started with them when they had 30 employees. They're now at about 400. And the current president and CEO is Zach Morrison. Zach used to be COO, but when they were getting ready to position the company to exit, Ben wanted to move into a chairman role. The heir apparent was Zach, and then Zach took over as that COO role. Right, so that can be a role that is played as the COO. And then the last is that MVP. Right, the MVP is someone who you just see as so critical in the business that is doing something that no one else can do. And if you push them up into that role, it just elevates the brand to another level. A great example of this would be Harley from Shopify, right? Harley's one of the first people I interviewed for the Second in Command podcast. Harley is someone that Tobias, who's CEO, would never want to lose, because Harley's the biz dev, the outward face, the the total MVP, right? And from the early days, they positioned him as CEO, even though he didn't have the experience for it, but he was totally that MVP perception that they needed in the company. You can see the totally different roles being played. The hard part when you're actually bringing a second in command in your company is to identify what role they're playing and why you're putting them there, so that you can explain to everyone else in the organization why it's not going to be them. This is one of the most critical roles in your company, and the data says that the cost of the wrong person is 15 times their annual salary. If you put this person, the wrong person in place, and you're paying them 200, 300000 a year, if it's the wrong one, it's going to cost you 3 to $4 million per year to have them there. So you have to be very careful